Uh, people need to seek help, even if it's just the beginning of something. You know, once you dig yourself deep in these in these holes, it's, it's really hard to get out. So, you know, don't be scared to ask for help. The whole weight thing and insecurities and just the, the pressures to have this normal, you know, the norm that society puts to look a certain way, a certain way. You really have to be, it's within yourself, find that, find that happiness and, and focus on all the great things, you know, you have to offer. Hi everyone, this is Helene, and this is Coming From The Heart. And today, Alexandra, we have Lauren Carey in the house studio. Oh, Yeah, she is, well, I always say our guests are amazing, but she is definitely a really cool person to talk to. And I'm so glad our schedules finally worked out because we were trying to connect with her all summer. Um, Lauren is a registered dietitian, and she went to Syracuse, which was really cool because I love Syracuse because that's where my dad went. And she actually owns her own practice, and it's called LBS Nutrition. So she is someone that we are going to chat with in a little bit and talk a little bit about her journey and why and how she went into the nutrition field and uh, some thoughts that she has about just different things that are going on in the, let's say, the gluten world that I'm in and things about IBS, things that maybe you've gone through and just a bunch of different stuff. So I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah, the whole mind-body connection. Yeah, she definitely is the whole package of mind-body. So anyway, we got some stuff to talk about. Like, of course, yesterday was uh, 9-11. Which of course that's a um, heavy, heavy start. Yeah, it, it is a heavy start, but I definitely think that we need to Address talk about that. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely talk about that. Um, you were all of three. Yeah, and we were living in I can say it Fort Lee, New Jersey. Yeah, and I actually at that time had an apartment and looked out the window, and my husband. Fortunately, was able to make a phone call from downtown where he was working. Actually, he worked in the Wall Street area to have me go look at our balcony and turn on the television. And, you know, at that time, of course, technology is not what it is now. It's all of 19 years ago. No, you know what's crazy is, of course, this is we send our love and prayers and thoughts to anyone and affected. I feel like it's a day that if you ask someone where were you on 9-11 and you're old enough to remember, everyone knows and remembers, like, where Exactly. Yeah, good point. Exactly where you are. Yeah. And, yeah. And also the weather. The weather that day, I mean, you were three, so, yeah. I mean... No, but I remember. You, know, you do. Well, you have a crazy no, memory. Um, you do. I think, you know, what's weird about memory is, like, when you're little, of course, your memories are not fully formed, but I don't know how I remember, but I vividly remember... Barney was playing. Yes, I was about to mention Barney. Shout out to Barney. Barney Do they even know who Barney is, our listeners? Okay, well, if you don't know, like, (laughs) Selena Gomez was on it, Demi Lovato was on it. Okay, tag, tag. OG, like, Gen (laughs) Z, like, if you were, yeah, yeah, I'm 22, so anyone my age would know it. My brother's age, Barney was a dinosaur. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway, getting back to um, a more serious note. 
so anyway, I, yeah, I remember Barney being on the television, and we lived on the 16th floor, so we had a very good view of New York yeah, City. Yeah. And I remember you turned on Channel 4 NBC, and I remember seeing the report. Yes. And I remember looking outside and just seeing fire mm-hmm. on the city. It's amazing that you remember and all this. And that's about the extent, yeah, that's that's the most I remember, but you and dad were paying like taxes or something like something detained you <laughs> yeah. to be late yeah well no what happened was that morning like everyone you know it was a back to school time like it is now of course and well not like it is now because we are in a pandemic in a completely different world but at that time back to school where kids of course were going you know first day of school for kindergarten or first day of school for whatever for whatever grade you were in and I don't think we were sending you that day to preschool because you were in preschool and we were home and yeah I mean it was like a normal routine but I I vividly remember the clarity of the sky that day and the air was so just so immensely clear that it was just one of those spectacular September gorgeous days yeah so what a what a you know obviously paradox paradox, thank you in that and yeah as I said daddy called and at that time I mean I didn't even realize how fortunate it was or of course I reflected upon it later that he was able to make that phone call from a pay phone I mean right at that time were there cell phones well it's interesting you say about cell phones because when you were a little one you used to hide my cell phone all the time and put it in your toy box (laughs) But yeah, we had the flip phone. Oh my gosh. Anyway, my mother loved that. So yeah, he called on our regular house phone, if anyone can remember that, of course. Yes, a a landline. Right. Because at the time, again, having a cell phone, all cell towers were down. Oh, right. Because all that had been on top of the Twin Towers. So there was zero communication. That's crazy. Yeah, like everyone completely was just shut off. So where did he call? He He made a phone. He made Fortunately, he was able to get himself to a pay phone. As mentioned, he was late that morning. He took a train in, and when he got there, I believe the second tower had just gone down, and he got off the subway, and it's like one of those moments in time that, you know, we don't really get into detail and talk about it too much, Daddy and I, because there was just so much... Uh, tragedy and so much you know chaos of that situation and I think it's one of those mind and body things where you just sort of like desensitize yeah Yeah. you do and all he wanted to do was just get out of Manhattan as quickly as possible so he literally got off the subway saw what had happened I think he even asked the conductor of the train what had happened and quickly, you know, as fast as he could, was running towards the river. Now, you have to understand that everything was being shut down because there was just, we were completely, like, at war. I mean, there was, like, if it was shut down, nothing was operational, there was no transportation, the ferries were trying to get people... people, Yeah, yeah, people were walking, Alexandra, over the George Washington Bridge, over any um, highways, bridges, people just took to their feet... And we're walking because you couldn't get around any other way. Oh and, of course, in Fort Lee, and I was actually at the time doing some stuff in Hoboken, which I you know, wasn't there at that time, they sealed off areas. And all you heard were jets going by. And it was just a time 
that I will never forget in my life. I mean, we're, of course, we're in Fort Lee, so people were coming over the George Washington Bridge. All you did was see masses and masses of people walking. So, you know, so again, back to back to daddy, he was able to get a ferry and one of the last ferries to get people to get back to New Jersey. And it's crazy what I was just reflecting and thinking and remembering, of course, of the whole situation of what was going on and everyone was having their personal situations. And of course, the tragedies and the tragedies and the tragedies of the ones that were lost and the lucky ones who just that morning decided not to go to work. So that just makes me think about timing of life. And I think about time. I think time is just such a major factor, being in the right place or being in the wrong place. And is it fate or is it not fate? What do you think? I want to go back for one second, though, and ask you why, like, what made you do your taxes or like what detained you that morning? We were doing some type of financial something and daddy would laugh listening to this. I mean, who knows? We had quarterly taxes to pay or something was going on. And I remember sitting, I don't even remember if it was even urgent. It was something that we were attending to. And he at that time was in between many different types of jobs because he had been down working at the NYMEX for a while. And he had always had jobs down at Wall Street, and he was working for a firm that was actually very close to where the towers were. In fact, you know, many people don't realize, of course, the tragedies of so many things that have obviously happened in the towers, but that whole area, there were so many situations going on with the smoke and people trying to get rescued and jet fuel that was coming down from the sky where people were getting burned by walking. And there was just, it was just a, the worst horror tragic movie situation that you could have ever managed and and it's it's what's so weird and odd is that as I reflect upon it as I was looking out the balcony of in Fort Lee not even knowing the magnitude of what was really going on because when I looked at the towers and saw the fire I thought immediately oh they'll put it out like you never right. thought to the extent, I think that's what I'm really trying to, and I would never denigrate or any of the things that ever happened and the tragedies that happened and the lives that have been lost, but everyone was so encapsulized in their own place, in their own story of where they were, and also the different communities in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, that were so greatly affected because the people commuting, you know, parking lots where people had parked cars and just so many situations and the memorial services and just so many things as I go back to that dark moment and waiting for daddy to get back home and, you know, being so blessed. Not as long as you would think until he walked through that door. I mean, it was just, and I knew... Thank God he was safe. I mean, there's so many people that situations that people didn't come back or, you know, you had no idea where they were. Again, communication was you were totally cut off. You had no idea what was going on. I think. um, So, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, it's weird, though, the whole timing of your morning, because. Well, timing, you know, getting back to the word, you know, time. I believe time. I'm being so repetitive. But yeah, yeah, you asked me. Time. Yeah. 
time, 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 being in the right time at the wrong place in split second, you get detained. We all have such busy lives. I mean, I have to say the silver lining of the pandemic, of course, all the situations and people don't have jobs and obviously the, you know, COVID and all the different things that we've talked about so much here and being safe and so forth. But the silver lining is that a lot of people now, if you are lucky enough, are virtual right. and you're home. Yeah. So not getting yourself on a highway, not putting yourself in situations. Yeah. So maybe on a really positive note, I try to be positive somewhere in this conversation, is that maybe people have not been in a bad accident or bad right. things because they're home. Yeah. They're home. Definitely the, the risk. But yeah. Um, yeah, You so you asked me about timing and is it fate or is it destiny yeah yeah so I think though both maybe I I mean I don't know I think that it's the wonders of the world right so it's the wonders um, of the world I think that I just I'm kind of speechless like because you know what's so interesting is my age group we all were like three years old two years old like yeah yeah you know you don't truly I mean I crazily had that vivid image and memory of that day but I'm sure so many don't and I'm sure the older you get you know kids were in school that are now parents it's in a textbook right now and like it's 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 so the fact that when you're in a classroom like the craziest part is someone living it versus someone you know, learning about it, we're at that weird transition. It's a very time. weird transition. Um, like, it's like, well, it's like speaking to someone who's a war veteran, right? You know, Veterans Day and people that have been in different types of wars, and yeah, um, and having a conversation with them about their experience, Pearl Harbor, all the different right. you know things that people have gone through, and you see. It's interesting you're reflecting on that because you really, as I'm sitting here and you're watching me, I'm reflecting upon my vision of what happened. Right. I and, mean, yeah. My, my is, of course, so fragmented. I was, I was so little. But we, uh, we actually, for those of you who don't know about the museum in Washington, D.C., um, I definitely would check it out, of Well, course. I have to tell you. Yeah, it's, I know it's, you were thinking about that. It's, it's no. No? It's no more. It's stop it. No, the it, museum is not no, a thing they did anymore. Not, no, they were supposed to move, and I don't believe it's even there anymore. Oh my gosh. Okay, no. well, I hope it's still a thing. <laughs> I um, don't think it is. Okay, well, if anyone has had the opportunity, they can go and Google go, it, they could probably um, find stuff about it. So, yeah, for those of you who had maybe had the opportunity to visit the museum, it's almost like a an archive of everything that has happened from like the day-to-day news to so god knows what all that would look like 2020 like mm. you imagine 2020 oh my textbook. god no good point. like geez uh <laughs> they'll be like and how and we and what and huh like we're so bombarded with information now that i feel like we truly don't even know what's going on all the time because information is so magnified but anyway getting back to the root of our conversation and and 9-11 they had a beautiful tribute and memorial and if you ever have the chance to go definitely check it out you know Mm -hmm. non-pandemic times but I bring that up because Mm -hmm. it's like 9-11 was such a point in our history where the first time America was under attack like from an outside source and I completely think it changed the way our security is today Mm -hmm. and the way from going to the airports to homeland security and all the way up into 
I'm sorry, the disgusting things that are ice, ice is doing right now. Um, and the way that we look at people and the way that Muslims were treated so unfairly after 9-11. Um, and, you know, reflecting upon that point in history and where we are now, you know, we're almost, we need to get back to, I saw this quote about everyone from 9-11, like everyone was a New Yorker. Like all Americans right, were exactly. New Yorkers. United, united, united. Right, and united. I think that if we can maybe shed some light or like thinking for you is that we are such at a healing point right now in our nation where everyone's divided and everyone is going through we're all living through a pandemic but we all need to heal I think there's going to be so much healing that needs to be done post-pandemic and and even what we're going through now and and that kind of ties into what we're talking with the election and healing and mending and Mm -hmm. and bringing people together Mm -hmm. is that again we just to close out the conversation with 9-11 we're so sorry for anyone that was affected and we again send our love and support and yeah our message box is always open Um, and um i'm sure that this is not an easy time for many people, so our condolences go out to you. Absolutely. Um, yes. But yes. And, and, the, and, the, and also just to comment, too, there's a memorial. Right. Which actually I was to with some students. Uh-huh. Um, there's a memorial, of course, set up down at the site of where, of course, the um, buildings are. Yeah, now it's the Freedom Tower. Yes, yeah, the Freedom Tower. What do you think about that name? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a different topic and a okay. different kind of conversation. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about the title of what it's called. Okay. But um, but actually, where the memorial is, it I have to say was done very tastefully. Yeah. Very very tastefully. Yeah. So that's there. Um, I believe there's a museum there, and if anyone listening wants to get involved, there are always different associations that raise money continuously for families. I believe, and also, of course, just recently there was a bill passed. And I'm trying to remember the person's name that used to have a late night t- television show. Who? Yes, it'll come to me later. Jay Leno. No, not Jay Leno. Who actually was very instrumental in because a lot of firefighters and EMS people and so forth got cancer from yeah. going down oh, and, and gosh, fighting. Oh gosh, was yes. it? Um John Stewart. Uh, thank you. Yes, yes, good job. Um, yes, was quite, as I say, influential in getting a bill passed so that these families yeah. could get... He really helped out Really Congress. could get the resources yeah. that they really, really need. Yeah. So kudos to you, John Stewart. Yeah. Very good. I couldn't think of that. I know. Anyway. I, like, visualized when yes. you brought that up. Yes. I, I remember, like, seeing a segment. Yes. And yeah. So amazing to yeah. that. So, wow, that, yeah, definitely. Very heavy. Yeah, very, heavy, very but heavy. That, it's okay. It's okay to be like that because yeah. that's just something that we needed to comment. Yeah, for this, and address. You know, yes. Yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, we, transitioning yes. to the election. Transit, yes. The, and I liked what you said about New Yorkers coming together and trying to collaborate and think positive and, you know, and change and change in a positive way. Yeah, so, Hillary Clinton. Yes, was yeah. Yes, her. She she helped out so much with like the post nine eleven. Yes, up. I remember at the time that you know, as you mentioned, everybody came together. Yeah. it was just one of those feelings yeah. of just because people really were so wanting to 
help one another and rebuild a city. Yeah. But I also think we, what we, we need to mention, which I'm not sure if you did or not, I don't believe you did, is that 9-11 was just not about an attack on New York. It was an attack on the globe. Because it affect, I mean, the people who worked yeah. in the buildings of the towers were the brightest of the bright, the most creative of whatever they were doing. And it really affected the globe because there was people from all over the world that had loved ones working there. It wasn't just about America. Of course, it was on American soil. Yeah. However, it definitely affected many people all around the world. So I just wanted to comment our condolences to them as well. Yeah, I said before that, you know, it wasn't just, well, I I, I did more of a domestic view. Yeah, but it really is a global. It is global. But anyway. Anyway, so so whatever. So the election is coming up, and I feel like at this point, if you've listened to our episodes, you know our spiel. It's eight weeks. To the election. It is. So. Get out there and vote. Get get out there and vote. What haven't I said before? I, feel I don't like, know. Just, I feel like we're on well, tandem. Well, you know, we're no, no, repeat. no. But, like, get, you can buy a sign. Yeah. We haven't bought a sign. No. But you can get a sign. No, you can get yeah. a T-shirt. We haven't made a T-shirt. My vote matters. And yes. we So our intention was to do a T-shirt. We may still try you know to what? squeeze that out. Resources are limited on our, in our budget. budget. Yes. But, I mean, look. You know what I just thought of in this very moment right now? So we wanted to do the slogan, My Vote Matters, but creatively, all of you can make your own shirt and then DM us and tag us and, yeah, like we can share your creations, your beautiful creations of showing a shirt that says My Vote Matters. Mm -hmm. And why we love that slogan so much is because your vote matters like you know what's so interesting about history is that things are always repeating themselves you know and you know the fight to have an equal vote who would think that we're still trying to fight to have an equal vote in 2020 but we're still trying to fight to have an equal vote in 2020 (laughs) we are and so we all know that the election can be changed with with one vote so you know, mail-in voting, please get that out. Do everything you can to make sure your vote gets in early because we all know the pandemic and the mailing system and everything's a little bit skewed. Anyway, so what else can I talk about? Um, well, I was going to mention the book club, Helene's Healing really? Heart. Yeah, because actually I had a conversation with Aiden because uh-huh. I did mention last time Mom, that... every episode, <laughs> every it's okay. Episode. Well, you know what? No, because I am going to start reading this book. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it because I really, really want part of this podcast to be about literacy and reading. Right. And um, so Aiden was very kind and said that... He would he, lead the conversation. Yeah, he'll lead the conversation. Maybe we'll have to actually do a Zoom with him. I know you don't like Zooms, but maybe we'd have to do some type of a Zoom mm-hmm. and then get him involved and get people involved with reading. And then maybe... You know what? Also, yes. too, we could do a live on our Instagram. We could do and that. Like, that would help, I think, so much. And um, maybe we'll like set up a Q and a as well. And mm-hmm. I like lies cause like well, it's so interactive and we really want to get to know all of you better. Mm-hmm. Speaking of getting people to what? Know, and knowing people, Pleasantville, New Jersey, you still haven't, uh, messaged us. I still don't know who you guys are. And let's see a shout out to Shin Yu and Jayu because you guys are 
listening. And of course, FISA. Hello, FISA in Connecticut. She's naming all the yes, yes. Her, uh, BFFs. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to mention them because they're are, you know, loyal. Dedicated they're loyal, loyal. Loyal, loyal, loyal. Anyway, so yeah, so the book club sounds like something cool and exciting and fun. So yeah. anyway. And speaking of fun, let's not forget about, you know, who we're going to talk to. Who are we talking to today? Lauren. Lauren, yes. So Lauren, again, you know, as we mentioned, she is just a wealth of knowledge with nutrition. She changed my life. And she changed your life. She helped me so greatly. And I just think that she's just the type of person that you just feel so comfortable with. Of course, we both know her well because she helped us out as a nutritionist. But just as a friend, she just has this really warm personality just to make you feel so comfortable about really whatever you're going through yes. so anyway I just yeah, really I really like her yeah anyway well, so. I'd like to comment too that at the time like we'll get into this a little more later on in our conversation with Lauren but I suffered with having fibromyalgia and at the time I just was diagnosed in seventh grade so we went to this rheumatologist and they wanted to give me medicine and my mom actually said no she wanted to help me go a more holistic homeopathic route because I was like 12 13 Mm -hmm. you know at the time and if you don't have to put medicine we truly believe that like if you don't have to take it don't of course not negating medicine but yeah Mm -hmm. so anyway well, my mom always talks about her gluten allergy, but I don't think you guys know I have a nut allergy. I have so many allergies, so many sensitivities. I'm like, I was here first. Um, well, I don't want to be yeah, here first she's either. Like, yeah, but anyway, so having so many allergies and sensitivities, and at the time, um, I was a little overweight, you know, yeah, so not she, happy with yes, my body image. Yes. So anyway, going to Lauren was like a haven. She was like a godsend, honestly, because... I feel like this goes back to the root of our podcast, finding the right practitioner that is for you. She was so innovative and creative and trying so many different solutions to want to help me. And she offered the LEAP test, which she'll get into in explaining, um, which is a sensitivity test. And honestly, like she was the first person that truly listened to me. And um, I thank her so much for that because I was I was in pain all the time and changing my diet, taking away dairy, taking away weirdly egg yolks and like, you know, different dyes and this and that. It changed my life. So we are so thrilled and honored to have her on the podcast and hope that you can use some of the advice that she gives you. And of course, you can reach out to Lauren and set up a consultation with her because she's an amazing human. And I don't think that all nutritionists are are like her because, again, she truly listens to her patients and validates them. Well said. Thanks, Mom. Anyway, yeah, she she's just, yeah, she's great. And as Alexandra said, finding that right practitioner, finding that right therapist, finding that right whatever you need is just a matter of your personality, your needs, and having that connection. And she's just, her approach is quite holistic. Yeah. And, and again, as Alexandra was mentioning, she's intuitive and she's just a great person that just sees you as a whole and just tries to figure out what's going on with you the best she can. And you know what? And she also 
collaborates with doctors that she feels that may support you as well. So, you know, she may not know the answer to something. She could collaborate with someone who she may... She has many doctors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so think, that, I think that's actually a really interesting aspect as well. So, anyway. So, any other thoughts before we talk to Lauren? Um... No, that's no, about that's it. it. So again, everyone, you know, this has been a little bit different of an uh, intro here today because, of course, we're talking so much about 9-11, but I think that we absolutely have to honor and give remembrance to this day as it is something that we should always just hold very close to our hearts. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys know what you're supposed to do at this point, right? You want to relax, sit back get yourself a snack. And actually, I think you need to get a healthy glass. snack. Well, a healthy snack because we'll be, you know, talking, you'll to, be ta- talking to a nutritionist. But you know what? Get yourself a glass of wine. I had never said that before, but you know what? I wish that I could have a glass. So toast me and say, this is for Helene. Okay, so... That's so sad. It is sad, but That's anyway. So, sad. so sit back, relax, get yourself a glass of wine. I would have a cup of tea and uh, enjoy the conversation with Lauren. Today we have Lauren Carey in the house studio, Alexandra. So excited, Lauren, for you to hang out with us a little bit. Just a little bit about Lauren Carey. She has been a registered dietitian nutritionist for 11 years. And upon graduating from Syracuse University and completing her dietetic internship, she went on to work in hospitals and doctor's offices. She then started her private nutrition counseling practice called LBS Nutrition, LLC, in 2011. In addition to consulting with clients and managing her busy practice with her team of dietitians and NJ office locations, she facilitates support groups, participates in speaking engagements at conferences and universities, and is actively a part of various professional organizations. Lauren takes pride in her realistic and empathetic approach in helping her patients on their path to health and wellness. So cool. What a cool bio, um, Welcome, Lauren. Lauren. And thank you so much for chatting with us this afternoon. So, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah. yeah, we're so, so excited. And we're, you know, we've been trying to connect your schedule, our schedule, the summer schedule. So here we are. I guess just let's start off telling our listeners a little bit about you, although I gave a little briefing in your bio, your story. We always talk about people's stories and journeys. So if you want to just comment on that. Yeah, I mean, well, the journey has been definitely fulfilling so far, and I'm excited for what's to come. But I started originally not in nutrition. I was in speech pathology, and that really wasn't the path that I saw myself taking. I really wanted to, I'm a people person, so I really wanted that to build that rapport with my my clients and to ha- to learn about people and where they're coming from and also uh, be able to help them in their in their health. That was my other passion. So I've been, I guess, fast forward how many years and I'm here and it's been great so far. And my nutrition counseling practice is is super busy. I'm very fortunate. Even during COVID, I've been able to stay busy and I've grown to have four other dietitians with me and we're all seeing clients right now. I, I originally had three office locations, but now that we're doing virtual, I am just in one location and just learning and evolving every single day. Amazing. That's Amazing. so cool. So why don't 
for people that really don't know the road to being and becoming a dietitian, like, why don't you describe what that's like in that process? All right. Well, you have to be into the sciences. I think people are like, oh, nutrition. That's so cool. <laughs> I love nutrition. Uh, you know, cause it pertains to yourself, right? You're like, oh, I could learn a few things for me too. But it's so much more than that because first of all, nutrition is a very broad, even a major in college. You're just saying nutrition. There's so many aspects of what we could do. Um, I took the nutrition counseling approach and, and to, to be that as my job and, and business. So anyway, you have to be into science and learn all that, though, before you can really dive into nutrition counseling. So you do the undergrad um, as a nutrition major. You have to go the nutrition route. You have to take all the sciences. And then you apply to dietetic internships, which actually at the time, um, I'm not sure how many there are now, but at the time when I was looking uh, to apply, there were only three in New Jersey. So it was oh, wow. very competitive. Yeah. So people don't realize that the dietetic internships are, are pretty competitive. And that's where you get the hours of experience and you do different rotations. Uh, you do clinical in the hospital. You do even food service, right? Because nutrition and food yeah. service, that's mm -hmm. another path people take. Um, you know, you do diabetes, there's just so many, and, and they've evolved too. The internship has changed a lot, even since I've been in school. So you kind of learn and see, I always knew that this is the path I would work in private practices in the summers of college. And I knew this is where I wanted to be, but you kind of have to learn, you know, hand, you learn all different things first. So I worked in a hospital first so that I can learn clinical aspects. So when the patient comes or a client comes to my office now, even, and they have uh, diabetes or something wrong with their kidneys or just different types of medical problems that I could help them nutritionally from my experience clinically. Uh, so you kind of have to have a little bit of knowledge in every which direction to go into the path that I, I took. But yeah, so people, you know, it, when you say nutrition is so broad. Yeah, definitely. I think that I was going to be a nutrition major. So I have some experience of knowledge of what you were saying. And I definitely agree that the nutrition field is evolving and growing because I think now there's more dietetic internships, but um, available to students to apply to. But I definitely think that it's growing and it's it's very competitive. Now, what would you say? Because everyone I feel like on Instagram mm -hmm. wants to be a nutritionist yes. and is giving health advice and they don't really have the credentials that you do. Um, how do you feel about that? And how do you advise people to ingest that information? Well, so actually recently, which is, which is pretty cool. New Jersey was just, was one of a few States that didn't have licensure for dietitians. And recently we, we got that a few months ago, uh, maybe more now. I don't know. Ever since this pandemic, everything's a blur, right? Time's a blur. Mm -hmm. But so yeah. that yeah. was a big, that was a huge step in the, in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, registered dietitian. So we're technically registered dietitian nutritionists, RDNs now. It went from RD to RDN. So after you do the internship, you have to take that exam and you have to constantly do continuing education you know, credits. So how do I feel? I mean, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be, so anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, but not everyone can call themselves obviously a registered dietitian. Now you have to be a registered dietitian to get coverage by insurance. So we're uh, mostly, you know, three quarters insurance-based business and we get reimbursed through different insurance companies. So it's, it's really 
into the health and, and aspect, not just weight loss, not just, oh, let's do the most recent fad or let's, what about, you know, apple cider vinegar? You know, you, there's the, you know, the internet has information, right? So it's like people have all these facts. I swear some people come in and they know more facts than me, but it's like, what, how do we prioritize here? How do we know what's best for you and, and what's legit information? And that's, you know, that's, people have to be credible viewers and what they're seeing and believing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely good advice. Well, of course, you know, our listeners should know that Alexandra was the reason how we got to you because yeah. back how many years ago, many, she was in seventh grade, eighth. Um, eighth grade, I'm sorry. She had fibromyalgia and um, you definitely were, you saved me. You were the link. You saved her. <laughs> To allow I can't her to grown into such a, a mature yeah. woman. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, at that time we were just popping around to so many doctors with so many different crazy diagnostic to what was going on with her. And I think at the time she was just feeling unhappy and not happy with her body. And I remember her saying to me, I want to lose weight. And I said, you know what? I don't want you just to go on some crazy diet. Let's go see a nutritionist. Hello, Lauren. There, yeah. that's how we met you. And you suggested, which is a, a test, which I actually, of course, I came to see you, uh, called the LEAP test. So maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about what the LEAP test is. Yeah. So that was how many years ago, Alexandra? Seven? Oh, eight? God. I can't do math right now. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was like, the, um, I, was in, I was 13. She, so how old are you? And I'm 22. You? 13? Yeah, I was 13, Mom. Are okay. you going to whip out your calculator? Yeah, no. Remember if you were 13. I, I was 13 because, or third, yeah, definitely. I, I think I was 13. Nine years. Nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about the leap test, and of course, you can obviously, you're the expert talking about that. What shall I say? Sensitivities. What's the sensitivity, of course? And then, of course, an allergy. So you can take it away with this, Lauren, you know. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're always looking for out of the box treatment. You know, some people don't want medication. They want to really try to do it holistically. Um, and we all know how much diet really and what we eat really affects our health. Uh, so about probably not far before Alexandra, you came in my office, I was starting to get headaches and I was like, something, something's going on here. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I was like, let me figure this out. I came across the MRT, the LEAP MRT test. So it's a mediator release test. And I had talked to some other dietitians and practitioners that have used it to practice. I'm like, well, before I, I you know, suggested to my clients, I want to try it first. That's how I am. I need to try these things first. So I was getting these headaches and I was like, perfect. I would love, you know, let's see how this works. So basically it's, it's an elimination diet. And versus, you know, just trying to take things out week by week, this is very, uh, it, it basically shows you exactly what to take out. And it's, it, it's really uh, shows a lot of data, so a lot of foods and additives and all those things are listed of what you're reactive to. So it's not an allergy test. It's a sensitivity test. So you can come out fine and green, which is good on the leap test, but Really, you know you have an allergy to that food. Obviously, you would keep it out. So anyway, I did this. I took out certain things. Coffee was the biggie. I, I don't know how I did oh. it. For eight months, I didn't have coffee, this and that. So oh, my headaches went away, and I was amazed. It's It was pretty cool. It also gave me peace of mind, because here I'm thinking yeah. this and that, and it was yeah. So it helped me. So I said, so anyway, here I am today. So many people you know, search for these things and they're looking for alternative ways to feel better. 
So the, the, the plan tests, now it's up to 170 chemicals, additives, and foods. They keep adding more and more. And more. Exactly. Flaxseed, flaxseed was the most recent addition, I guess, because, you know, you have to start chia, flax, these things. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I remember, like, I think turmeric. I've, I've, I have sensitivities to turmeric, which is crazy, because when I was going through, as my listeners all know, my life story of my vertigo and all this different stuff, I eliminated I think I was putting turmeric in everything, not, not even knowing, you know, that I had a sensitivity. And actually what's interesting, I think I probably was chatting with you a little bit. I actually just had allergy testing again, because I need to see if I'm still allergic to my dog, which Alexandra is not thrilled about, but I, it came back that I wasn't allergic to the gluten, but I'm still staying the heck away from that because of the sensitivity. And I didn't mention, um, you know, three big reasons why people do this are, um, this is not a weight loss diet or anything. Now right. people lose weight because they're so much more mindful and they're eating, you know, I hate to use this term, but cleaner, you know, less processed yeah. stuff, less ingredients. Absolutely. Most people end up losing weight, but it's more for IBS, fibromyalgia, migraines, headaches, fatigue, because there's connections, autoimmune. I've had lots of clients come in because they have these autoimmune issues and sought out this test and they've had great results from it. So it's not like you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, yes, do this. This is a proven plan. It's one of those things where some doctors will be for something like this. So you go to your gastro, mm -hmm. so, oh no, that's, you know, silly. Don't do that. And then others will be like, yeah, that's great. But at the end of the yeah. day, what is it doing? It's helping you be mindful. It's helping you eat better and plan more. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know that after, cause I had such sensitivities to dairy mm -hmm. and egg yolks, not eggs, which mm -hmm. were my two big sensitivities. And I did lose so much weight after, oh but it was crazy. It, yeah. More than the weight loss. I just like felt better from going from chronic pain and like in my joints all the time to feeling mm -hmm. like myself again. It definitely changed the way I eat. Although I did go back to eating Her some bad habits. Bad habits yes, but, yes. But now you know, Alexandra, your mom was so determined for you to feel better. I am so happy that it helped you. You know, you you have to realize your mom was like she was really excited for this, and I'm so glad that it helped you. <laughs> she was no, like, Please. yeah. I it was like a, a lifesaver. I mean, it was just, we, you know, and listeners out there can um, understand this and just get it that as a mom, you were just trying anything to help your kid. And, you know, and it was a weird age, that teen age. And, you know, it's not like you're taking a, a crying baby to a doctor with an allergy and saying, help my baby. It's almost like, you know, at certain ages, particularly like in the teens, we were at the children's hospital. I'm sorry to say that they didn't really give us the best advice or direction. Doctors that were just dismissing us as just, oh, you know, oh, it's aches and pains. It's this and that of adolescence. It's growing. So many yeah. misdiagnoses. And then thank you for, you know, that accolade. But um, yeah, you, you start thinking of all these crazy things that could be wrong with your kid. And I remember sitting there and you said, why don't you try this test? And I was like, yes, when, when, when? So, and then I segue it really to myself now where I was flipping out with a lot of things that have been going on with me. And I think that the nutritional aspect of what I was facing with vertigo and all the different things that the food component or the nutrition component definitely 
was linked to how I'm feeling. Because quite frankly, I'm my Alexandra, like, I wouldn't say she laughs at me because that's probably not the right word, but she's always like, I can't believe how strict you are because she has such I have this, she has such I have probably the most, I have to give myself that credit. And it's not even that I'm giving myself that credit. I'm just scared to put any of that stuff that I know that I might be sensitive back in my body because there's certain days I feel really good and there's other days maybe not so much. So why take the chance to make myself not feel good if I know that I can feel good. You know, the other thing too, is back to that peace of mind. You know, you're a teenager. Did I think you were going to follow everything to a T? I mean, you probably didn't even fully understand the whole thing. How, you know, so, so, you know, the other thing is too, is sometimes just nice to have a reason by like, why do I feel so icky today or the next day? You know, at least you're right. like, I know I really want that tonight. I want to have that food because I love that tonight. And I know I'm going to kind of, I'll feel it over the next few days. You know, at least you know why, right? at least you kind of know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And it's interesting. You just said feel it over the next couple of days. Cause I think when I first was starting to talk to you and starting to take out certain of these foods that I knew that were bad, you know, triggers for me, as I use the word trigger. And I kind of like, well, you know, I have a little bit of this. And then I just started like, I can't do this either. I'm in or I'm out. And I think that for listeners out there and for Alexandra and even for myself, it's sort of this, this mindfulness, which gets me to the topic of, you know, mindfulness of your body and nutrition, as you were saying, you know, if you want to comment, which you did a little bit on that connection, the mind body connection. Yeah, because you don't need to be perfect to feel better or to have the results you want. But as soon as it's, as you're, you're mindful and like how many clients I'm like, what did you eat yesterday or that morning? (laughs) They don't know. They don't know how many times they put their hand in that, in the, in the almond box. You know, they don't know how it's like, it's crazy, right? You just do things without even like, you're thinking about all the million other things you have to do. And it's like, wait. So it's just that mindfulness, you know, my thing now, especially during this pandemic, it's like talking about healthy habits. Well, well, could you walk for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning? They look at me like, or, you know, they say to me, that's it. I'm trying to do this. And then I go, Oh, that's perfect. Right. You, you start to like, you're, you're, you just need to clear your mind so you can be present. Right. Exactly. No, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I think though, too, having IBS, um, you, learn and from your advice too like you learn so much how your body affects how you feel not only physically but like your skin complexion your how strong your hair is your body speaks to you like what advice Mm -hmm. would you say um or give someone if they want to be more mindful about how they eat and, and that's such a great point too. And, and, and just to go back, hydration too, right? People don't realize the impact of say, not drinking enough. They just think, oh, well, it keeps you fuller and you eat less. It's for your mood. It's for your skin. It's for everything. So it's so mm. true what you said. Um, for mindfulness, meditation is probably the best bet. But how many people that, you know, they look at me like, wait, what? I'm going to do that? No, no, no. So I would say the best way and psychologists, I work with a lot of them, um, you know, in my work and it's really the old fashioned journaling, whether it's how you feel, what you ate, how much water you drank, maybe once a week you track your weight so you can, you know, see if you have any, you know, your trends with that, anything or, or stress Mm -hmm. it's old fashioned journaling. Yeah. That's really Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you were just saying something about, um, 
the intake of like obviously hydration and like I think of hydration, I think of water and that affecting your mood. Now I'm, I'm Jenna, I was thinking, wait a minute, did she just say mood? Because, you know, I know that of course, Alexandra is my idol here of, of the water drinking and my niece always shout out to Danielle out there, always drank a lot of water. And I don't know if I was always this huge water drinker unless I was actually working out. But now that I've gone through a lot of this stuff I'm dealing with, I do drink a lot of water. So you did say that's for your mood, right? Right. Water, you don't realize. I sometimes feel even a little bit more like short-tempered when I'm dehydrated, I've noticed. So it truly affects so many things. Just like, right, as soon as I start eating too much chocolate, well, I see it in my skin. So Alexandra, what you mentioned about all the, (laughs) you know, it's true. It's, it's so, it's so far beyond, like I said, just a weight or a number on the scale. It's like how you feel Mm -hmm. happening, your energy Mm -hmm. levels, you know, definitely. I know that I just started um, recently drinking lemon water uh, and ginger, but like having it iced and I felt like a boost in my energy levels. Like if I had that right in the morning. Um, with ice though? Yeah, yeah, with ice. I don't hmm. know. I, f- I feel like you have to like, of course, each body is, hmm. it feels differently and some practices are better than other. But <laughs> I think like having a routine of eating certain things is important. What do you suggest for your clients to eat? What's a healthy diet, you know? Ah, right. So that's where it's like, well, everyone's going to argue that the one, you know, that worked for them works for everybody. And and back to, you said something about routine, right? So yeah. routine is everything, you know, especially when people are been out of work, it's been so hard because they're out of their routine. I think yeah. that's caused a lot of their, how they say it, being off track, but Something that I suggest for hydration is is before you even do anything in the morning, uh, before you go for that coffee, before you go and do anything, try to drink a cup or two of water before anything. Keep it next to your bed. And and people are like, oh, okay, I think I could do that. But then it becomes routine. And that's that's mm-hmm. what we try to do is we try to create sustainable changes, healthy, new healthy habits that people could stick with. So back to that healthy diet question. It's, it's so like, it's so individualized and it's so hard to say what's the best for everybody. You know, you're going to have, I go on Twitter. It's like, you have the keto people, you have the, I, yeah, I can't stand that. Yeah. Everyone just, likes to yeah. swear by everything. And then, you know, there's a lot of contradictory studies every day. One day, something's good for you. And the next day, right. it's exactly. not, but no, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like, wait, I thought that was good for me. Or there's a recall. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. something's happening. Things in science, you, you're not going to change. I mean, think about it. Whole foods, right? Not the store, but actual whole foods. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. The least amount of ingredients. That fruits and vegetables. You know how many times people? It, it's so funny. They come in for health issues or weight or whatever it is, and I, I mention a fruit, and they're like, "That is so much sugar." And then I'm like, "Well, you're you're the one eating cookies at night before you go to sleep, and you're." Complaining about a banana or like an apple. So this cracks me up, this diet culture, right? It's like, well, where are we getting these ideas from? And that's society. Um, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And what I'm also thinking too is we're so lucky that we have found you such as a special friend and nutritionist and everything else. But what about, of course, listeners out there who just have no idea how to resource information, because we know that we're bombarded with so much information, social media, the internet, Dr. Google, all these other sources, and they, you know, don't have the income or, you know, maybe they're not working or maybe they were working and they don't have health insurance to be able to find 
the right person for them. What would you suggest? How would they do this? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we have eatright.org, which is our association, you know, just with some good resources. You want to, you know, internet-based, you know, you want that .org or, or edu, but I, I think it's right, it's those basics. It's trying to, and, and right, people, it's like they recommend some of these foods, but but think about it. It's like, well, not everyone has the budget to have everything organic and everything perfect, right? Have every no. have wild salmon that costs dollars a pound, right? So it's just really trying to still local farms. I think the local mm-hmm. farmers markets and this like anything local, just think of the local sources. It's tough though. You know, it's not easy mm-hmm. you know, navigating mm-hmm. this crazy much information internet and yeah absolutely and i also think it's like a socioeconomic thing too like think about nutrition across like a wide spectrum of people wanting to let we let we say get healthier but they were just never educated you know certain back to socioeconomic issues or certain areas of the country where people are living where they may not be able to have those resources to be able to get good quality food. So what would you suggest they do? I mean, you know, I asked about the resources to find to be able to get healthy, but what would you do about that? Access? Yeah. Like in a situation, let's say you're a single parent and you're trying to take care of your kids, but you want them to be healthy and you have a, you know, a small knowledge base, but not a lot. What would you suggest? I mean, obviously not McDonald's. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, you could have frozen and canned vegetables, you know, and fruits. There's nothing wrong with frozen and canned fruits and vegetables. I would start with that. I would start with, you know, at least trying to find options in the, in the grocery store, like try the whole grains versus just the refined carbohydrates. Try to even, I know some people plant themselves and have a little mini garden, but you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. So it is important to and, and plus, everybody has different allergies, right? Everyone has different, like when you're trying to feed a family, forget it. It can be so hard with allergies and food preferences. But yeah. I, I would say, remember that frozen and canned fruits and vegetables and even canned chicken and canned tuna. It's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, to comment also on this, I think America is kind of like its own anomaly in the sense that the way we, uh, you know, have agriculture and stuff that you go to a different country and farmers markets and going to the grocery store every day are so much more common. And also the prices too. The reason why Mm -hmm. I think, and uh, I'm not sure if this is, but like the reason why maybe there is organic versus non-organic is because we want to pump out that agriculture Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the way it was redesigned with the government that, you know, you have good nutritional fresh produce that is so much more expensive than it should be and then you have junk food Mm -hmm. and that's so much cheaper Mm -hmm. it's almost you're putting people i think at a disadvantage oh yeah i mean you're gonna think right fast food you're gonna feed a family of four a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. than but i always say you know if you're gonna now there's farmers markets but you you know if you really want to get your fruits and vegetables you're gonna have to go multiple times at least twice in a week you know, grocery yes. shopping. Yes, yes. It, yeah, definitely. All that stuff goes bad pretty quickly. Yeah. Yes. So that's why frozen, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I love that you mentioned frozen. I was single and, 
you know, I was on a, uh, we're always on a budget of somehow. And uh, as we all know, and I would buy a lot of frozen vegetables at that time and use them in various dishes and stuff like that. Um, I kind of actually got away from canned and maybe you can comment a little bit that on the canned goods and like the canned good industry is probably going to be pissed if they hear this in this podcast. But what are, you know, are there any, shall I say, any negativities of eating canned food? My dad was a big canned food eater, just grew up in that generation, was born in 1927. Just that's what he did. That's what he knew. What do you what are your thoughts on that about canned foods just in general? So, I mean, what they say that, that you can, you know, there's that BPA that can, yeah. can seep in your food and, yeah. you know, it's just like in general, you don't want to eat from cans every day, but sometimes you, you know, once a week you have that can of tuna or that, you know, and, and Whole Foods and different places, right. They're a little bit more expensive, but they do have some other options. Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, it's just back to that moderation and, you know, even eating the same foods every day, it's not that necessarily that I know some people can do that, but it's really not the health, mm-hmm. right? So they actually say you can develop new food sensitivities as you eat the same things constant. So uh-huh. <laughs> I remember you saying this to me. I know you're shaking your head. I can't see your face. But I'm like, <laughs> I went to see Lauren and she's like, what do you mean you ate like turkey and like you, you got French out there? I'm a little bit better, Lauren, Wait, with fresher you, vegetables. Get very comfortable and set in their like comfort zone. So it is hard to branch out. You know, that's where the harder work comes in, right? <laughs> Wait, can you expand on this? Like, how would your body, if you eat the same foods every day, like you do? You, well, I, yeah, I, I eat fruit like every day. How would you, how does your body develop a, then a food sensitivity? Well, and, and I don't, you know, have an exact answer for that, but say a lot of times people it's dose, you know, it's like a lot of by the dose, they have a little bit of milk product and you're fine or, or a little lactose. And then if you, you're having multiple, then you're starting to feel bloated or have issues. So really it's more like from that standpoint, cause I can't come in exactly and give you an exact answer for that. But a lot of times it's because people do things so much you know, like, okay. like even like going, you know, the fast food, you do it once a month, once every month. Okay. But then if it becomes that every week and, and it builds, you know, all those extra chemicals build up or whatever it is. So, so I don't have a direct answer, but again, it's just, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're okay with little things in moderate doses. Um, it's crazy on, on things and eat them constantly where then they start to, con- you know, potentially have those reactions. That's, that's really interesting. Yes, I is. did not know that. I'm like, <laughs> going to reevaluate what I'm eating every day. Yeah, I mean, you could eat like three Hershey's or five M&M's, you know, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. than that. If, right. if you're having that, um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's that it's back to that everything in moderation, right? That good old fashioned saying, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we need you here being like, no. No, go get um, something else. No, I, you know, I don't act like that or do that. You know, I, I am not. A, I guess I can give love if I need to, but I'm really more about, you know. Yeah, yeah. Going back to, though, we've talked a lot about food allergies versus like food sensitivities and mm-hmm. food intolerances. Uh, for people that don't know that, can mm-hmm. you just define those terms? So it's just different pathways and just easy terms. You know, one pathway would be a sensitivity, one pathway that you would go for. So more of an allergy would be like you eat something and you, you need that, you know, EpiPen right away. You, you get that throat closing up or hives or, um, 
throwing up right away, anaphylactic, shock, whatever. When it's a sensitivity, it's a lot more subtle. That's why it's harder to figure out like what's causing it. Now, don't get me wrong. Stress can be part of this equation too. So we can't say that stress doesn't have anything to do with any of this, but it's more subtle. Like some people, if they have IBS, you might feel the change from doing like say the MRT right away. If it's autoimmune or if it's like I had somebody who had scleroderma, who's autoimmune, it was getting better as the weeks went by little by little. So it's, it's a different, a whole different ballgame. The allergies, you can just get a blood test at the um, doctor or the skin test. And that's, you know, my clients have been coming in with that too. And that's been iffy because they'll say, oh, the doctor said I could have a little bit of this, you know, and dose sense, dose related to I could have a little almond or a little tree nut and, and kids, right? Do they grow out of these allergies? That's a whole nother yes. topic. So I'm not, you know, an allergist and I not, I don't want to pretend to be, but the food sensitivity thing is a little bit more subtle versus mm-hmm. it's, I call it, we call it ailments, right? They're more ailments. Yeah, I think you described that really well, because I mean, now I'm going back to an allergist and it's almost like, it depends on the allergist. I think some allergists will be like, well, it, you know, you're allergic to it, you know, or, oh, you're not allergic to it. You can go eat it. And I'll say, well, no, but I have a sensitivity. And they kind of like look at you, you know, in a certain dismay of something. So I think it's really, as you supported this and the listeners should know, trust your own body and see how you feel. Oh yeah. You know your body more than anybody and you know when something's not right. And Helene and I had to give you so much credit. You made sure to look at every possible avenue because you knew you needed to feel and wanted to feel better. And you were, you know, you would uh, interview these doctors, I remember, right? And they would, you would be like, well, you're not helping me. I need to figure this out. Like you kind of took the bull by its horn, which is not easy to do. You put a, so much time for your daughter and yourself too. It's so it's really amazing. And I commend you for that. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think that really just goes back to a core of who I am and, or I try to be, but it's, it's exhausting. And that's why speaking to you, I remember the day that we, you know, you were giving me the consultation. It's so nice to be able just to gift you or give the nutritionist everything that's going on with you and hopefully you're going to that right person that they can give you the support that you need. And I thank you. But yeah, it's so frustrating. But I, again, I think, like I said, and you say, and we say, know your body, know how you feel. And, and, and you just, have to like fight for yourself and you have to do a lot of your own research because nowadays doctors are so busy and all the practitioners are yeah. so busy. It's like, you know, you really have to do what you did and really keep fighting and, and being patient. And I'm still, I'm still fighting. Yeah. I'm still fighting <laughs> and everything goes, you know, nothing necessarily goes away, but you manage it better. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. Thank yeah. you. Yes. If let's say someone isn't going to go down the path of the leap test, but maybe has had some chronic pain or has a chronic illness or an autoimmune disease, what foods do you recommend that are anti-inflammatory that can help alleviate some pain? Well, at first, I just want to say that I do suggest, you know, they have those dirty dozen fruits and vegetables that you do want to make sure you get organic, if possible, if you have the means, you know, the things with the skins that you eat, the apples, spinach, arugula, the things that you eat, the berries, you know, berries are definitely an interesting, they're so healthy, but they do contain a lot of pesticides. So you don't really realize how some of these pesticides 
again, when people are eating grapes or berries, a lot of times they aren't in moderation as well. So maybe a few, you eat a little, a couple berries here and there, but if you're a daily berry person or a daily, like you sit with those grapes for, for a while, you don't realize how some of these pesticides can build up. So I would, I would say that's a side note, trying to get organic if, you know, when possible. There are some ways to clean um, effectively. Uh, you could look into some different ways that you can get the pesticides off. It's kind of a process. Even cooking them, they say, doesn't get rid of the pesticides. Wow. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And you could, you know, Google can, you know, YouTube is great for that. But that's a side note. I would say if people are having just chronic pain and just, they don't feel well. Besides also, there's some doctors out there that are, you know, naturopaths and more holistic, but I would say, number one, you want to get your blood work, right? You want to try to check some of your vitamin levels, the ones that maybe they don't always check, or just have your blood work in like the Quest or LabCorp apps. You know, you could look at all your blood work, compare your numbers yourself. Sometimes the doctor looks at them and they go, oh, you're fine, but they don't realize it's your numbers have gone up in certain ways or down in certain ways over time. So you want to have all your data, especially when your doctor retires and you need to find a new one and you're in a new practice and you're like, oh, okay, here, here it is. But back to the pain. So with all that said, the medical stuff that you want to do, I would say try your best to eat what your parents always taught you, fruits and vegetables, lean protein so that you can keep your muscle mass. Just a side note, we tend to lose a pound of lean body mass every year, and that is not good over time, right? So we're trying to get our protein. We're trying to do a little strength training and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're trying to stay strong and balanced so that can help with pain too, but really just trying to eat the rainbow, right? Isn't that sound cliche, but it's, it's pretty true. No, no. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Go back to the spinach part. The pesticides. The pesticides for a moment. Yeah. So we're shaking our heads thinking, wait a minute, I barely wash uh, berries, probably not as well as I should. We're talking blueberries, strawberries, and you mentioned spinach and something else as far as arugula, arugula to the role of pesticides yeah, the, affecting um, the pain. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. So, you know, the pesticides can cause inflammation, um, have different effects on the body over time. They say if you wash your fruits and veggies with like a, you know, so some salt water, it will remove actually some, a lot of those pesticides. I think about like, mm. set, like it's like 70% or so, 75% is removed when you really thoroughly wash it with cold water. Yeah. You don't want to just dab it. You do want to wash, especially if it's not organic and with organic, there could be pesticides on organic. So just, you know, especially if you eat a lot of these things like arugula, I could eat a whole thing of arugula, you know, no problem. So it's like, you want to try to, to wash it. Wow. No, thank you. That's definitely. We have learned, yeah. I feel like so much. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I think what's so interesting is that common things that you wouldn't think of and how they play the role in your diet. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just goes back to what we were saying before, how as Americans, we manufacture our agriculture and mm -hmm. farming. I don't feel like this would be maybe as much of a problem in like other countries that have more of the farm to table attitude. Some no. other countries also don't allow certain ingredients. Like I remember when I went to London, how many years ago I got Kit Kats and I, I, I compared them to our <laughs> Kit Kat here of a random it's a nice little like fun thing to keep the, the box. So it was like, it was half the amount of ingredients. I was like, wait, these aren't even ingredients in the Kit Kats here. It's like they have certain things outlawed there. 
And, you know, and right, other cultures and other countries, I mean, they make food fresh every single day. It is a different mentality. Like, go, go, go. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I was just thinking too about the gluten, because I think that my allergist was saying like, he actually just wants to be gluten free, because he doesn't want to eat all that bad stuff that is in products that have gluten. But if you were to go, let's say we're talking about in another country, maybe I would be able to eat the bread because of the way it's processed from like the islands or somewhere like that. And she's like, I have, I'm allergic to like all like the fruits and vegetables here that I didn't, wasn't allergic to, you know, growing up on my Island. You know, it's interesting that it must be the part of the pesticide thing potentially, but it was fascinating to me. I could eat whatever I wanted when I was living. And I think she's from the Virgin islands or one, one of them. And it was like, Mm -hmm. it comes here and it's like, that's terrible yeah terrible yeah it's terrible i'm not sure if you're familiar you know the grassless the all the things the fda talking about pesticides well i was thinking gmo no no, it's like it's called the grassless okay um like list the generally recommended but it's really not it's i mean like what do you think the role of i mean we've talked touched on this like the role of additives and all these bad things, do you think that affects more children and people having allergies? Like when you were just saying that what's going on in our food affects neurological. Oh yeah. They're seeing it affects like so many things and, and, and also bat in the gut, right? So our gut microbiome, yeah. another podcast in itself, probably exactly. they're studying, they're saying, you know, stud- they're doing studies every single day and more and more they're finding so many relationships between poor gut health and chronic disease and what what leads to poor gut health just eating tons of processed foods uh, not getting enough fiber fast foods that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. so interesting do you want to maybe i know this is a whole yeah, other topic whole in other itself topic. do you want to maybe explain what leaky gut is well, leaky gut is also kind of a term. It's a very broad, it's a very broad term. It's basically like you develop issues with the lining of your intestines and that results in inflammation and potentially some diseases. So it's very broad as well. I work closely with some um, GI doctors that are very educated on all of this, but it's very broad when you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, you have leaky gut. So all that means is Everything we've talked about, you should be doing, trying to eat less processed foods, um, et cetera. I mean, and then there's supplements. And I personally, I'm, you know, there's basic supplements I'll suggest depending, but the herbs and you're digging into sometimes when people are already on all these medications, it's it's very hard to, you know, figure out what's not going to interfere with something else. But yeah, leaky gut is very broad. So basically it's your intestines have issues. (laughs) And um, wow. there's no way to necessarily fix it, but think about it. It's like less stress. It's the basic stuff for your self care. It's sleeping, exercising, less stress, the toxic foods, like all of that. Mm-hmm. I think actually what happens is the media, or shall I even say social media, attaches to these terminologies like leaky gut. And then all of a sudden people think that they have well, it. People- they may not even have. They come in all the time. I have leaky gut, and they. I'm like, oh, the doctor said that. Yeah. Oh no, I went on. I figured. I, I think I went on Google. <laughs> you know, amazing. Amazing. No, it's Doctor Google. Exactly. Exactly. I want to switch topics real quickly and ask a little about. I think 
COVID-19 has like changed like mm-hmm. our food culture and like how we get food so much, but also for people that have food disorders, I feel like this might be a really difficult time for them just because of different routines and and all that. What advice would you give to someone that has a food disorder? How How should they... What are some remedies to cope right now? Yeah, exactly. Cope, the magic word. I mean, this has been um, one of my dietitians and in our practice, we do specialize in eating disorders of all, you know, from anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. Um, so, so that is one of our specialties in the practice. And we've seen a lot more of that come actually from the pandemic. Uh, people need to seek help, um, even if it's just the beginning of something. You know, once you dig yourself deep in these in these holes, it's, it's really hard to get out. So, you know, don't be scared to ask for help. Number one, you want to go find a therapist. A lot of them are doing virtual. Um, we won't really see uh, eating disorder clients without them being in therapy. So, you know, that's definitely oh, number one because yeah. that's such a huge part. And um, I work as a team with therapists to help our eating disorder clients. And that's a great point. You know, it's been between extra depression and anxiety, a lot of other food things have come out from this pandemic. And what about, I would say, the ratio of men to women, women to men with eating disorders just in general, or, you know, wanting to have fad diets or any of that stuff? Is there a gender thing to this? You know, people just assume it's these young girls. Oh, watch what you say to your daughter. I have a three-year-old and it's mm-hmm. like my thing. Oh, she must be so healthy. I'm like, listen, I try my best. It's, it's all about balance. And I just want her to have a healthy relationship with food. That's how I look at it. Like, I don't want her to think foods are bad and good because that's just going to put her in this horrible position throughout her life, her food mm-hmm. choices. So but it's not just girls, right? It's, it's, it's tons of, we have male clients with eating disorders. I think it's just as prevalent or maybe not as prevalent, but almost because I think that they, uh, maybe they don't seek help as much, but it is super prevalent in men too. I mean, the whole weight thing and insecurities and just the the pressures to have normal, you know, the norm that society puts to look a certain way, a certain Mm way. So it's both genders. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I was just curious because I taught, of course, you guys know, on my international students. And I always would point to, sorry, China, but um, a lot of my Chinese students have unbelievable eating disorders with just crazy stuff. I mean, because I think culturally, of course, we do the same thing here to magazines, no, not magazines anymore, to social media, to Hollywood, to stars, to this, that, things are photoshopped, et cetera. And I would actually have many conversations with many of my Chinese students, friends, et cetera, that it's terrible. And there's scrutiny to be thin in China for the teenage population is insane. They starve themselves a lot of times. They just don't eat. Oh, it's this perfect. And so it's crazy. like everything, you know, or, or certain, or certain uh, parents put too much pressure on their kids to be perfect in school or to, um, you know, be perfect in everything they do. And then it becomes a cool right. thing, you know, so it's a very exactly. deep topic. And I know it's, it's, it's definitely society pressure and, and social media, it's not going away. And I think people, I have some Instagram I, I, that I suggest to my clients um, to follow, like more like to help self-esteem and to positivity than, oh, look at this trainer who has this, you know, six pack and, you know, is doing exercises for you to watch. You really have to be, it's within yourself, find that, find that happiness and, and it's on all the great things, you know, you have to offer. 
Do you think it's worse in the United States, culturally speaking, with eating disorders comparatively to other countries? Just I you know, generally speaking? You know, I think it's a pressure everywhere. I mean, you have models and, and you have a high fitness industry, you know, big fitness industry, I think, in most countries now. Um, so I would think mm-hmm. it's, it's all around. And then you have places that have food insecurities. You can't even, there's places that they don't have, they can't even get enough food, you know, and, and, and it's just it's just so divided, right? It's like you got food insecurities, you got too much options, too many options here. And then people start to, it's just, it's a whole nother, another topic, right? It's a whole nother. Yeah. So that's basically nutrition in a nutshell, very, so many different aspects, right? It's unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. I I, want to go back to the point you said about you recommending certain Instagram um, handles to your clients. I think that goes back to this whole general topic with nutrition and mindfulness. You have to be, and especially during these times now with the pandemic, mindful of everything you're intaking, whether that be food or whether that be what you see on your feed. It definitely affects your mood and how you feel and and your self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. And and you just want to have be around the right support system, be around the right people. If you're around your friends are always talking about their bodies and how they hate their bodies absolutely. and they hate, you know, they this and that and they want to do this diet, well then what's that person going to do? They're going to do a diet too and eat their bodies. Um so it's very important who you surround yourself with. Again, who you follow on social media. No, it really plays a role. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to switch gears for a moment as well before we uh a little bit closure to with this is the stigma of seeing a nutritionist. Is that, you know, something that you're still seeing or people changing their mindset with that? I mean, that's the same thought of like seeing a therapist. Is that, is that still out there? You're going to have, you know, you're going to have good practitioners. You're going to have other types of practitioners, just like with doctors, any of the healthcare field, you're going to have like, it's the same thing. Um, I think sometimes dietitians get a bad rap for maybe not being realistic or understanding their patients or whatever it is, you know, but honestly, what we do is we really have an approach that, again, it depends on the practitioner, but we really try to understand our patients' needs. And we're there, like we're with our patients throughout, we get to know them. You know, some approaches are different than others. And it's like, you there's not one size fits all here. So I think sometimes we just like, there could be good and bad chiropractors, good and bad medical doctors, good and bad therapists. It's the same idea. You just have to find someone that you can trust and that you feel comfortable with. It's the same idea. So yeah, there is, I think also asking for help. I think, you know, I have some of the smartest clients. I have, you know, deans of college. I have lawyers. I have, I have some of the, you know, this is smartest clients. It's not about knowledge. There's facts out there. It's about prioritizing, talking it out understanding what would, would work best for you in your life. Wow. Uh, that That's that's amazing advice. And I think for our listeners hearing the fact that the diversification of the many people that you see or its clients is just so varied. And I really think that what I'm thinking as you're speaking is validation to speak to someone. And quite frankly, they're coming to the right place because you guys are so holistic in, in approaching nutrition, diet, mindfulness, and sort of 
bring it bringing it all together. Um, and I so think you know, that empathy, so- right? Like I, you know, you have to understand where they're coming from, and we, maybe we didn't walk in your shoes. So that's where that empathy and understanding, and sometimes just listening. You know, do I always talk about food? Sometimes I just it's just about listening and understanding where the person is coming from, and that's where the nutrition counseling and behavioral aspect comes in. So that we can create sustainable or, you know, changes versus things I could suggest all these things. And, you know, it would just be a waste if I didn't understand where they were coming from. No, it's like feeling comfortable and and then and non-judgmental. I think that, you know, is a huge part, too. No, that, no, that amazing. And I also think too, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. Of course, you're the expert, but it also comes from the time you're a child. People carry these baggage, these, these, shall I say, these little suitcases with them their whole life about their nutrition and what they did or didn't do, or they were the fat kid in class, or they then became thin and then they yo-yo dieted. And then it's like, you know, and then they're 50 and they're still dealing with issues and so forth. So yeah. Food is so deep. Exactly. And you know, again, it's not just about facts and what's good and bad. This is this is a lot more than that. And that's what we pride ourselves on, especially in my practice. All of our dietitians, they get that, you know, and, and I get a lot of times we just listen. And of course, we try to give tools and we discuss little facts, just like I even did today, and uh, help with meal ideas and meal plans. But it's really a lot more than than that. No, you, yeah, you validate so many yes. people oh and, and I thank you for validating me. I thank you for validating my mom and all your patients out there because unlike a lot of practitioners, you you truly listen. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's definitely the key. So I it's wonderful so, working with both of you. It's it's really amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. So cool. And like do you want to ask one more thought? Elsie so one Jim? more question before we wrap up with our final segment. What do you enjoy most about being a nutritionist and running your own practice? I love that on on a single day, I have so many different stories. You know, I have so many just, just, I learn from, I get inspired and I learn from others every single day because as we all know, you know, taking care of your health and making change, changing your everyday routine, it's not easy especially they're under stress and, and hard times. So I get inspired. I love when I just build this amazing relationship and just can be with my clients, you know, not just one time, but throughout the years, it's really so fulfilling to me. So I really have enjoyed it. It's, it's been a very fulfilling career path and I look forward to doing more and more. That's amazing and beautiful that you've found your calling. Absolutely. So we want to wrap up with our segment. It's called Heart to Heart. And this is a conversation that you've had with someone or an inspiring, introspective moment that has changed your life in some way. I actually, you know, it's. I was just thinking about that just in general, but I had somebody, um, she was actually preparing to go for bariatric surgery. This was actually a few months back and it's just fresh in my mind. So she's going for bariatric surgery. And obviously, you know, bariatric surgery, it's not a quick fix. It's a journey as well. And I had her start, uh, you know, just a few things in preparation. And we spoke a few times and all she kept saying was she wants to be able to, uh, she hasn't been able to get pregnant. And she's just been feeling so disgusting, you know, and actually her mom's very sick and, all of that. And, and all of a sudden she comes, we're supposed to have our last pre-surgery visit. And she goes, Lauren, you got, me. <laughs> I'm laughing now. She goes, Lauren, you got me pregnant. She's like, 
I am, she's like, well, I'm not going for surgery anymore. She's like, I've already lost 11 pounds. I'm eating better. And in the last, I don't know what happened, but I, I, after all these, I, she's like, I got pregnant. And I was just like, I started crying. Oh, I was like, wow, you don't realize like that was, a, you know, you just don't realize the effect that, you know, your work can have on somebody. I can't take all the credit. She did it. I mean, she started, she, her motivation, and her work, but it was just so amazing. And it just like, it, I, I still get the chills when I talk about it. And that was just, and that was a few months ago. And that was during wow. this, you know, right during this pandemic. And so that, I, I think I could leave you, leave you with that just from just a few changes she made in a health and new healthy habits. She was able to conceive. So amazing. Wow, amazing. Wow, wow. And I'm sure the doctors maybe didn't even suggest, you know, alternatives. Yes, I know. You know. The surgery does actually, with the bariatric surgery, people tend to, their fertility does go up with the weight loss and the change of, of diet. Um, right. But this was even before surgery. Right. She didn't even have the surgery yet. So okay. it was just, I just felt so, uh, I, I just felt so good inside. Um, and, you know, now, and we just have this great relationship. So it was, it was just a really, that, that's, I think, what I do with that. Wow. wow. That, so that is like so inspiring. I just, I, wow. we're, we're at a loss. Like, I'm words. just like shaking my head. My question is, if she has a girl, is her name going to be Lauren? Maybe, maybe with an L. No. Um, I I can't take the credit, but it was just, you know, and, and I didn't expect to hear that, you know, it was just, it was just so amazing. And especially during this time where there's so much negativity going on. And I'm just like, if I could just help one person and, and, and just, change little things and people, you know, even if I don't see people, I'll hear later, oh, I, I'm still doing what you suggested. I feel great. Like, you know, sometimes I don't even know, get updates. So it's just, it's just very fulfilling and it's very inspiring. Thank you so much, Lauren, wow. for coming on. We appreciate all your advice. Amazing advice. Um, you've been wonderful. Thank you um, so much. And yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So where can people find you? Uh, so we have our website, lbsnutritionllc.com. And we also have, you can visit our Facebook page. And I do have an Instagram. It's a full, you know, I'm still trying to, I've been in practice for a while, but it's just uh, still building up all the social, you know, you can never build up social media enough, right? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and Alexandra's so good with it. Maybe in her spare moments, she can help you out with that. She's, <laughs> she gives some really good posts. So, yes, Lauren, you'll get a oh, great I'm post. I'm so yes. excited. I'm going to share that like crazy. And I, and, and, share it with the world. yeah, we're very excited. So um, cool. Yes. So you can find us on Instagram at coming underscore from the heart podcast. That's coming underscore from the heart podcast. We are on Twitter at CFTH. We are on Facebook coming from the heart podcast, and you can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. And when you visit all of our social media, we have a link to our partner, Play Out Apparel. They are the a most amazing company. You shop your style, not your gender. So when you go and you check out, please use our code HEARTPODCAST. That's H-E-A-R-T podcast. And 20% of your purchase goes towards immigration equality, which is the leading LGBTQIA immigration rights. Love that. So Lauren, all I can say is Thank we you. love you and you definitely share part of our heart and it's obvious so clear 
that that's why you are so loved by so many. So thank right you so much. You. And thank you and so much for having me today. It was, it was very, it was so much fun. I totally enjoyed it every minute. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listeners and XOXO Helene. Mm-hmm.